Hey everybody, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Monday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds. If you'd like to learn more about us or join any of our free classes, you can do so by visiting azrinthelanguagenerd.com. Uh, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com. We have free classes for German, French, Spanish, Mandarin, Gujarati, and of course, English. And so if you're learning any of those languages, we have weekly free classes every single week. So you're welcome to join those. Um, And if you'd like to learn more about myself or connect with me on different social networks, you can do so by visiting uh, at polyglotazrin on any social network. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. I'm basically on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, and of course on Twitter. And let's dive into our podcast episode. First and foremost, for those of you living in Canada, I want to say happy Thanksgiving. We we actually celebrate Thanksgiving in October in Canada, whereas in America, in the USA, they, stu- they, they celebrate it in November. So we do celebrate it earlier than them. So happy Thanksgiving to the Canadians listening. And I suppose with that aside, we can dive into our primary topic for today. So Tim Ferriss, I'm sure many of you have heard of him. If you have not, Google him. Tim is spelled T-I-M. Ferris is S. So F-E-R-R-I-S-S. Really, really intelligent and very, very insightful individual. He has uh, put together... He has a blog post written in 2014 about how to learn a foreign language. And he's titled this blog post, 12 Rules for Learning Foreign Languages in Record Time, the only post you'll ever need. And I think it's really interesting. I basically wanted to go through the 12 bullet points with you today and share some of my my thoughts. I generally speaking agree with a lot of what he has to say. Um, And there are definitely some points where I maybe disagree to a certain extent. So his number one point that he has is learn the right words the right way. That's the number one point he's got. And he goes all in all about um, about learning the right words and what the right words are and how to learn the right words, what kinds of resources to use. He kind of dives into that in, in, more, in more depth. I think generally I agree with that piece of advice, learning the right words and trying to learn them in the most strategic way. I think that is a good, that is a very good piece of advice. I know, for example... I was taking I was taking a class for Gujarati when I was in India and and definitely when I was when I would go to class sometimes I would have to talk to my teacher and be like hey I don't want to study the thing that you want me to study because these are not the kinds of words that I see myself really having to use. She would she would be teaching me words that I would never have to use on a day-to-day basis. So for myself, right, when I look at what the right words are, for me when I think about the right words, I think about the things that I am going to have to need, I'm going to have to, I'm going to need, there we go, that I'm going to need sooner rather than later. This goes into what I was saying in my podcast about three or four episodes ago, where I I basically said, can you learn a language in three months? And I essentially said, sure. And one of the points behind my answer, sure, was that if you focus on learning the stuff that you absolutely have to know to prepare for a very specific kind of situation, then by all means, that's a very strategic way to go about it. And you can achieve fluency 
within a certain topic or certain set of situations within a, a reasonably short period of time. So learn the right words, learn them the right way. I think generally speaking, I do agree with that piece of advice. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, point number two, he says, learn cognates, your friend in every single language. Again, I think that's a great thing to do. Where I'm on the fence and I'm not sure if I agree or disagree because I don't have a lot of personal experience with it, is I don't know if it really, I don't know how much sense it makes to go and print out a list of cognates or have a list of cognates and really try to tackle that list of cognates and get those in your mind. I'm not sure about that. I don't know if that's effective or not. For me personally, I don't think it would be the most effective, but I. But for others, I'm not sure. I think it could be worth trying. That's my thoughts on learning cognates. Uh, if we look at step number three, he says, interact in your language daily without traveling. I agree with this a million percent. Using the language on a daily basis without necessarily going to another country is, is crucially important. If you're able to do that, it's going to help you a lot and it will benefit you tremendously. So that's a, that's a big one that I agree with. So whether you do it on Skype, on language exchanges, whether you do it through private classes, whether you do it through journaling in your target language, whether you do it through finding friends in your city that you talk to, whether you do it through listening to things, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to do it, but interacting in your target language as regularly as possible is a good idea. To be honest, I actually think the key word in the sentence is interact because you can you can be around the target language on a daily basis and you can do that for years and it might only help you a little bit. Meaning if you're just listening to music every day in the target language, you may not end up learning the language. It may not have the most effective. It may not push you forward a very noticeable amount in the language. I'll give you an example. I've been around Hindi music my whole life, music in Hindi from Bollywood. I've heard it my entire life since birth and I don't speak Hindi. It's given me a certain level of familiarity with the sounds of the language to an extent. There are certain words and phrases I've kind of just picked up through music, but by no means have the tens and thousands of hours of music that I've listened to in, in Hindi, by no means has that really propelled me forward in Hindi, right? So I think the interacting portion, I think is a key word in that sentence, interact in your target language daily without traveling. I think that's a key word. If you can find ways to interact with others, I think that'll really help you. September, tip number four that he has is Skype today for daily spoken practice. I agree. So using Skype or Zoom or Google Meet or whatever, using those platforms to practice with native speakers, I think is a very good idea. Now, what's interesting, and there's an interesting flip side to this argument, and I'm not the most educated on the topic to speak about it with pure confidence, but from the headline reading that I've done, I do believe there's a second kind of approach where people are very input oriented and they're able to achieve fluency without necessarily doing daily spoken practice. And they start heavy on the input side and the output comes second. In other words, they do a lot of listening and reading to start and the speaking and writing comes secondarily. So I think there's a case to be made that perhaps that is an effective approach to go by as well. But in my personal experience with people that I've worked with from my, my own success with language learning, I do think that having um, people to practice with on Skype, Zoom, 
uh, Google Meet, um, WhatsApp, things like that, and practicing regularly with other people and having those conversations, I think that's a good idea. And I think it can really help you. If we go to tip number five, uh, this is one that I don't necessarily agree on. He says, save your money. The best resources are free. In my opinion, this is not true. I think there are very good resources. There are very, very good resources that cost money. And I think that if you spend that $50, it'll really help you. So I disagree with saying the best resources are free. I disagree with Tim on that point. One thing I will say on the spending money is I have met people who buy plenty of different resources, books and programs and apps and this and that, and they're using lots of different things. Um, but it's not really helping them towards fluency. They're purchasing the program because it makes them happy or because they think it's going to help them or it's an excuse to not actually go through some of the steps that are really required, the work required to really achieve fluency. You know, there's different reasons behind it. So I think there's there might be a modicum of truth in that statement that, okay, save your money because you don't necessarily want to go buy every single resource and buy a whole bunch and trying to be using seven different resources that I'm not necessarily a fan of but i disagree when he says the best resources are free that i i not 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 necessarily i think not necessarily let's go to the next point here uh, number six realize that adults are actually better language learners than kids yes that's about all i want to say on that yep it's a huge misconception adults are better language learners than kids people don't always believe it they're like what what do you mean it's true that that's that's just I don't have much to say on that. Yes, 100%. Um, let's go to number seven. Expand your vocabulary with mnemonics. So he's saying rote repetition isn't enough. And you should use mnemonics to remember different words. Sure, absolutely. I agree. You know, he says, basically tell your, in Tim's blog here, he's written, basically you tell yourself a funny, silly, or otherwise memorable story to associate with a particular word. Yes, I agree with that. You know, myself, for example, I put this in different in different words. What I will tell people is you have to have a connection to the words and phrases and grammar that you're learning. You have to feel something inside, some connection to it. So, for instance, I made a blog post, a very short one on my Facebook the other day where I said, um, I now don't mix up the word for cousin in Mandarin because Mandarin has a couple of different words for cousin and I don't really mix them up anymore per se. And the reason behind that is because I've, I, I can now picture with one of the words which cousin of mine matches each word. So I've created kind of a mental connection which makes it easier for those words to really stick. So I think it's really important. Number eight, Tim says embrace mistakes. Yes, absolutely, embrace mistakes. You must embrace mistakes. I agree one million percent. Tim says number nine, create smart goals. Yes, I think so. I think having smart goals is a good way to go about things. Um, I will say that for a percentage of people, whether it's because of their upbringing or whether it's because of their DNA or whatever it is, there definitely are people where having goals does something in their mind and it creates this pressure that actually ends up being less productive for them. So that's something to be mindful of. You know, it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to have very clean, hard cut, time measured, time bound goals, blah, blah, blah. I don't think necessarily it has to be in that sense. 
Um, but it can help a, a, a good percentage of people. Minimally, you should have a good target of where you're going towards, some idea of what you're working towards, and some idea of roughly how long it's, it's you want it to take you. You should have some measure of doing that, I think. So generally speaking, I agree with Tim's point here, creating smart goals. I do generally agree. I, I just think there's a couple caveats based on my experience of working with different language learners. Okay, let's go to point number 10. Uh, jump from conversational to, uh, so sorry, he says number 10, jump from conversational B1 to a mastery level, C2. So he's saying, he's got a whole point around that here. Um, um, I gotta be honest, this tip here, like it's, uh, when I was reading it, I don't know how much of a piece of, adv of advice it really is. Like, I'm not sure. I don't really have anything I want to comment on it. So let's skip, let's skip over point number 10 and let's go to point, um, the, the following point here, which is point number 11, learn to sound more native. In other words, work on your pronunciation, right? And learn to sound more like a native speaker. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. Um, make sure your pronunciation's clear per se. I think that's great. Um, as I've worked with different people, I definitely have met people who, I think the key word in this number 11 is learn to sound more native. I think that everyone's going to end up achieving a different level of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A different level of pronunciation. Like some people are going to sound more like a native speaker than others when all said and done. But I think that's a good, yeah, that is a good piece of advice. Learn to sound more native. I, I do agree with that piece of advice, generally, generally speaking. I think it's a good idea. And then he's got his point number 12 here, which has become a polyglot. So <laughs> I think that's great for sure. By all means, if you want to go become a polyglot, then by all means you can. Now, my general, you know, it's funny. I, after reading his blog post and kind of thinking about it a little bit, making this podcast here, I think the final thoughts that I'd like to say is... I think he's got good piece of advice and generally speaking they're they're a good guideline to kind of follow i suppose i suppose when i look at the title of the blog post 12 rules for learning foreign languages and record time the only post you'll ever need i suppose there's certain pieces of advice here which are good pieces of advice i just it's tough for me to say um I don't necessarily think this is a foolproof guide to go learn another language. That's, I think, what I'm saying. I don't think someone can read this and be like, oh, I know what to do. And they could go learn another language, feel like they have a good roadmap, feel like they're on the right path. I, I don't think so. I think this is a good start. I think there's a lot of good advice in here. It's like one man podcasts, right? Like I'll often make podcasts and they're a great piece of advice and there's good stuff in them. And maybe it, it gets you started in the right way and this and that, the other thing but it's not the full roadmap. And I think that's my overall thoughts on this blog post. There's some great stuff in here, but I do not believe this is the roadmap to go follow the, to go follow and all of a sudden you're able to go learn another language. I think for a lot of people, not necessarily. And the title, when I read it, when it says 12 rules for learning foreign languages in record time, the only post you'll ever need. My initial thinking, just when I read the title, the knee jerk reaction was, oh, Tim has kind of outlined, here's how to go learn a language. And when I finished reading and I was looking at it, I was like, well, yes and no. I think the post didn't quite live up to the title. But overall, I think it's a really cool blog post. I think there's a lot of good stuff here. He's clearly done a lot of his research. He's clearly thought about it. He's he's done a lot of the work himself. He has a lot of, like, he's clearly coming from a very educated place. And overall, the stuff he's saying is like, 
is really, really good. But when you look at that, right, like, for example, he says 12 rules for learning foreign languages in record time. And his rule number 12 is learning is become a polyglot. And I'm like, well, I don't think becoming a polyglot is necessarily for going literally. I don't think that's a rule to go learn a language in record time. Becoming a polyglot is not some rule that allows you to go learn a language in record time. Does that make sense? It's more of a outcome based statement and not necessarily more of a process based statement, if that makes sense. So. So yeah, those are some thoughts that I've got here and overall great blog post. I'll link it up in the in the in the podcast descriptions. You guys can watch it or listen, read it rather. And uh, yeah, we'll chat later. Bye for now. See you.